0: this is a podcast from minute media
1: welcome into another episode of Tigers radio podcast here at borderstatebankles.com Chris Brown should be here shortly as last week he was off for the week Uber is off this week and he'll be taking care of some personal stuff and yeah we'll be talking there's Quite a bit to get to the projections. I'm going to question Dan and Chris on music trivia because baseball is just. I much sh- some of the news today. We'll get. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say some of the uh, the back and forth comments is ridiculous, and we'll. Get- I
2: shouldn't back- be laughing, but I am.
1: <laughs> well, Dan, it's just like, it's just a bunch of posturing, but yeah, we'll definitely discuss that. Some housekeeping. Want to get out of the way first and foremost. If you have not check out the link that we shared on Tiger Mind Report. Or the GoFundMe for Emily Walden, who has cancer, and we're trying to help her raise money for that. So if you go to our, we'll put the link note in our uh, comment section, and you can find it on our po- podcast notes. And also, we're putting in the rotorwear. The Pitching Ninja was set up with a Rotorware shirt, so you can pre-order till January 23rd, and all proceeds help Emily's fight. So go to worldware.com and search for Emily's Fight Edition shirt. But yeah, getting back to and it's also been a depressing week you know, in terms of just the baseball stuff. Bob Saget died. I don't know if you were a big fan of America's Place Home video. No, I'm just joking. But uh, of his work, He was all about Full <laughs> House. He was a dad. He, he was America's dad, but and also very filthy too. <laughs> but yeah, and I saw the when I saw the Aristocrats originally, it just changed my opinion of him forever. And my favorite thing he ever did was direct Dirty Work, which is I think a very underrated movie in my part. My one of my favorite movies out there and you have the combination norm mcdonald him directing it's a great movie
2: Uh, the comedy central roast of of bob saget was a good one too
1: oh yeah yeah and that's one of the best of those they had and they had really a lot of comedians and uh it was was greg raldo he's fantastic as a roaster
2: yeah he was in most of them I, i miss him he had two really fun albums
1: yeah there's you know and a lot of times i don't know if I mean, Chris and I have talked about Mitch Hedberg quite a bit and the reason why I know he wasn't part of the roast scene or anything but when it comes to comedians that I found out about later Mitch Hedberg was one of them and, and Greg was too but Greg had a certain way of just somehow always implementing coke and some sort of drug reference when he did it it was so funny but he just he really knew what just some of the the digs were just spot on
2: yeah he, he... He was a lot of fun. It was very sad. We've lost too many good comedians.
1: And in terms of even too, I know the Betty White passed away and and there's a sign that when I was driving by my house, a couple, it was was up last week, it was a digital sign that said, America's sweetheart gone too soon. I paused for a moment and not to sound cryptic, but being almost a hundred is a good run.
2: Yeah, she should have gotten to a hundred. She should have had the two weeks. Okay. I think (laughs) it's like being like the last person to die like in a war. It's like, november 11 1918 and 15 minutes before the armistice and you die and you like gone through the whole war like she survived two years of covid almost a hundred years you should have gotten those last two weeks
1: yeah you know what you're you're absolutely right it's just even like her there was a the hot in cleveland show that she did but there's if, if there's anybody that has the buzzard network which is the network that comes if you have a samsung tv it's one of those free Things they've been airing all these game show appearances. She, she was on with her last husband, who passed away in 1979, and she was on Match Eight Seven, Match Game 78, and it was a little before my time. But some of that stuff, is some of those celebrities, I'm always trying to guess out who they are. But some of them, it, it, just some of the jokes she had on there, and just she was so funny, on charming. But then you always see with Charles C. Riley, right, corner, and it's it. it wasn't exactly Hollywood Twitters, but. Match game, I don't know about you, Dan, if you watch a lot of Match Game back in your day, but it was, I've seen more Hollywood squares. Oh, did you ever see the combination when they try to combine both of them? It was like early. It was the 80s? I games? I did not. Oh, it's terrible because they it's an hour long and they switched both games back and forth. And I'm not sure what their logic was behind it.
2: Yeah, I liked Hollywood Squares because it was always the The celebrities you knew, and then you had no idea who some of them were. Oh, Joan Rivers! Yeah, I I know who she is. Oh, there's Vincent Price. Okay, who the hell is Shadow Stevens?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like that guy who may or may not been on Love Boat twice. Yeah, something like that. but (laughs) or uh, there's there was I think the the one I watched today with Betty White was when they had the Natalie from Facts of Life, and now Chris is joining us as Chris is Chris. For, that was my fault. I realized didn't <laughs> send you the link until just now. No, no, it's all good. Shadow Stevens
2: is still alive, and he apparently was a radio host, voiceover actor, and television personality. Shadow Stevens.
0: I remember him from various like Hollywood Squares things, I thought. Yeah,
2: that, that's how we got there.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know. Is it related to Fisher Stevens?
2: I know Fisher Stevens. Indian guy sometimes, a a, a Koopa for some reason. And <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think that would fly. The Indian stuff. I don't think that would fly now. Yeah, I don't think for, you could
2: have a Fisher Stevens
0: for the the short circuit reboot. That, oh, all that was okay, um, that. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. Okay. I remember who that guy is now. Yeah, that. Was,
0: he was also the hacker in Hackers, like the main bad guy. He, he a has very, some,
1: he's a recurring character on the blacklist,
2: and he's a lot of fun. There you go. He's uh, Red Reddington's occasional lawyer,
1: <laughs> Marshall Gerard.
0: I've, I've never actually watched The Blacklist, but I, do, I, I did catch a lot of your uh, pop culture references there at the end of the Tiger's zips projection thing. <laughs> well, I don't even remember what I said. In this uh, you, were just, you, you were calling their bullpen like a mix of Andy from The Office and Ted Mosby and Scrappy-Doo and also, uh, what's his name from Star Trek Voyager? Shoot. Oh, Neelix. Neelix, yeah. It was a nice—there was even a Ghostbusters 2 reference in there, which I enjoyed because uh, I feel that movie's unfairly maligned, even if it didn't need to exist.
2: Uh, that was it. There's a lot of uh, what more bad Ghostbuster stuff than actual good Ghostbuster stuff,
0: yeah. I remember that
2: there's one and a half movies that are good, as <laughs> like everything until recently, since you have TV, but
0: yeah, yeah. By
1: the way, I'm sharing for anybody who us on YouTube, I'm sharing uh, you like it is important, but uh, he is one of the, I think, one of the most uh. Underrated characters in Deep Space and Deep Space Nine is one of the best Star Trek. Was he in Deep Space Nine too, or was it just Voyager? Well, it was Voy- I thought he was on, was, I'm sorry. Or he just Voyager. Voyager. I'm sorry. Not. Or I'm sorry. Deep Space Nine is one of my favorite. He was. Yeah, Voyager. Deep yes, Space Nine
2: definitely. was awesome.
1: Yeah. But yeah. That is Neelix, and he loved. I remember when he first got picked up on the planet where he was just indulging in <laughs> baths and stuff like that. So that's <laughs> why I remember him the most. In other episodes, of course, but he was a
2: very know. ingratiating character, and it was very unnerving. <laughs> so he's am waiting for them to have him go onto a planet and collect Leola root or whatever he did, and then just kind of just fly off. What's he going to do?
0: He's got to return to his planet now.
2: No, he doesn't get to return to his planet. He just lives wherever they leave him.
0: Yeah. He's a poochie. <laughs> uh.
1: But no, we're, speaking of old TV, by the way, I just got uh, the this week in addition to that. Night Court is coming back, and so is... <laughs> Oh, dude. really yeah night is coming back and it's going to be the daughter of the judge Her- judge harry it's like in it. real life it's okay it's the she was on uh big bang theory the hall or know, the damn cbs shows that all blend together she was the uh, short i think the, the the blonde the other one mm. listen I don't know. yeah anyway she's gonna be the judge but-
2: <laughs> I, I think john larroquette and richard <laughs> no, See, this I is any better they, i think they're the only, only two people who are still remaining unfortunately
1: yeah i was just
0: about to say there's been uh, a lot of deaths there was a lot of death on night court even when it was on that the first couple of bailiffs died didn't they
2: yeah yeah but they were also like 80 at the time and that <laughs> yeah, like it,
0: it, it, ago, so. yeah constantly smoking but yeah so who, oh, I who, guess who's Ra- left is, i wonder if Ra- is the- marshall
1: warfield yeah marshall warfield yeah she's okay, still so that's good yeah she had a I think like a, one of the first people to try to do a talk show in the crossover talk shows and it failed miserably yeah she's 67 i, haven't,
2: I have it open now It's weird. I have no memory of the Public Defenders before Marky Post.
0: Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, she. I I guess we remember uh, Night Court in its final form, but yeah, there were people before her, weren't there? I think there was two, right? Yeah.
2: Well, there was one in the pilot episode only, one who was Liz Williams in season one, and one who was Billy Young in season two. And I have zero memory of this.
0: Oh, and Richard Mole's still alive.
2: Yeah, I just remember later seasons. Yeah, and I remember those later late episodes more clearly. John Laroquette, when the singing telegram guy came, because he tried to join the army or something, and he did, and then <laughs> he crashed in Alaska. And the singing telegram, the United States Army, is very sad to say, Captain <laughs> Feelings' plane went down north of Hudson Bay.
0: <laughs> no, I I remember that they they always seemed to find an excuse to have to get through like a record number of cases in one night, and there, there like Wiley e. Coyote would show up and stuff like that. I dug that as a kid.
2: I, I think there's that this the, this information in my brain has probably pushed out information <laughs> like anniversaries and people's birthdays.
1: You can you could look that up. You can write it down. It's I still remember the final episode of Quantum Leap like it was yesterday, and they're talking about oh I'm oh, yeah
2: I'm mad. He, they, they didn't give him a good ending, even in like the TV movies. It's like you soon never return home.
0: Yeah, He's- that was the the bar. Wasn't he at the yeah. bar? Yeah.
1: yeah, they had. I forgot the actor's name that was in. He's in a lot of little different things. The, the bartender, forgot the guy's name, but the, I don't remember. Yeah, it's, it, it's the guy. He was in He was in Time Cop. He was the chief in Time Cop.
2: I, I, have, I, think, I have little recollection of Time Cop other than
0: the I've never seen Time Cop. Well, Does, is Jean Van Damon or Jean Claude Van Damme in that? Yeah. All
1: right. E- either way, the ending with the coal miners, I didn't understand. As a kid, even now, I didn't understand. That's such a great show. It, it ended logically. There were, I want to say, a few shows that didn't jump the shark, but either way. It, it, the ending was that but uh <laughs> just give him, let him go home it's it's
2: not like it's historical and it has to match reality it's not like a link like a show about lincoln where at the end you have to kill him you can't yeah. have like <laughs> the ending where lincoln's just okay you can't do that if it's a show about lincoln but fiction just give him a good ending
0: <laughs> yeah that's a, that's well, a good point i i
1: don't know it's it speaking of endings by the way this Lockout doesn't seem any closer <laughs> to that. Hey, there you go. Solid. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you.
1: And you, yeah, you
0: made a quantum leap there to.
1: Before we get to zip production, we also got a lot of questions tonight, too, from the audience. So good to see the audience back at it. And But yeah, it, today, it came out today. Essentially, the reporters were, you have one side presenting the owner saying that you like John Heyman, let's just face it, works for the network. So he's do what he's got to do. And by the way, speaking of that, good for Kevin Rodenthal, by the way to see. But, was, I couldn't believe that he got let go because of what he said. It was just ridiculous. But anyway, I don't get too sidetracked. But yeah, there's essentially they're no closer than what they were before. And the owners are set fast on their free agent. Card. Was it six years, Chris? Yeah,
0: I believe so. This uh, Six years before free agency. I, I, they seem to be willing to budge a little bit in terms of arbitration when arbitration starts or at least uh, beginning salaries. But yeah, I, I don't think they want to change on the on that at all i don't I, my general perception and i don't know i don't know if if dan agrees with this but I, I i'm not much of a poker player but it feels like the owners are sitting there at the table with a higher stack if you will or, or i don't know what you call that and they're just content to
2: yeah they're happy they they're the... Like the blinds are coming and they don't really care as much as the other side. Yeah,
0: they, they feel like they can uh, last longer just doing that. So they're going to sit and, and bully the players and, and they don't think the players will pack up and walk away.
2: I, I think in the end, it's going to be really hard for the players to get a reduction in free agent service time. I can't see a scenario in which that happens. Maybe I'm just being a pessimistic from the point of view of the players, but I can't see in the end I'm getting five years. I think they can get a much better minimum salary than was offered because what they offered the what 600,000 it's not even keeping up with inflation from the last offer. It's it's not even an offer. I think you start talking like a million dollars as a minimum salary and then some kind of, of soup alteration with super two or eliminating super two in or excuse me, advancing super two to cover more players. I think those kinds of things are doable. The DH offer isn't really an offer because I think both sides want it in the end. It's You can't really yeah. offer something that you probably want to. Teams don't actually want their pictures hitting. They prefer them not hitting or swinging a bat, running on the, on, on the base pass. If that happens, teams don't want that. I think you do need to figure out some kind of compensatory scheme for the service time manipulation. The idea that I've picked in the past is all that extra time say... Uh, A player makes it the free agency with six years, 130 days of service time, that that's two thirds of a season and like the team has to provide two thirds times something like maybe the first year of their next contract or that percentage of half of the next year of their contract, but some kind of compensatory scheme to repay them so that. Chris Bryant would get something for mm-hmm. losing what's essentially a whole, an entire year, but I don't think they're going to get the five years.
0: Yeah, and I guess you, you're the you're our first fan uh, FanGraphs guest since I don't remember what offer that was or if it was ever actually real. But they talked uh, about a month and a half ago about potentially using F four yeah, for that was uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, um, I wonder how that felt at the FanGraphs location.
2: Yeah, nobody had no, as far as I know, no one ever at the plant. None of the owners actually asked us about that beforehand, like saying. I don't know. I don't think it was meant to be taken seriously. I think it was just a, a shooting the, the shit moment. I do think, actually, in the end, there will be a deal. This is, I think, the feeling out process. I don't think there was ever a chance of them coming close to an agreement today. It's just they haven't talked in a month and it was, let's get situated where we are. Hopefully, the players will send a response back fairly quickly. That I consider it a good sign that nobody flipped over a table in anger today. <laughs> That's yeah. a win
0: by itself. No arson. That's always a good sign, too. Yeah. I what, what was they had another thing about top 150 prospects? Did you yeah, catch up? it?
2: Yeah, it was just this convoluted scheme. I think you want to prevent salary manipulation, but I I don't think you want to do it by weird scheme that's especially has to rely on things like war and other things. If if baseball wants to pay everybody by their zips projection, okay, but I do want one percent off the top of the a, as like my vig.
0: Yeah, I would, I would absolutely.
2: Like okay, sure. I don't know ethical is You want to use. <laughs> You have a bad idea that you all agree on? Sure. Uh, but I, I do need a taste. Just a little taste. I'm not greedy.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that was... Not that anybody would ever, like, manipulate things, but to, basing it on something, like, publicly available seems odd to me. But, I don't know. Yeah, I, I do wonder where they'll eventually land. But I, I tend to agree with you, Dan, that I don't think... As much as the players want to get that free agency moved up, I, I don't see the owners budging on that, at least in, in any real way.
2: No. Uh, if... Now, if they had adopted, work, can you imagine the fighting every time we like tinker with the formula?
0: <laughs> I know, like, oh, it turns out all the defense was wrong. Yeah,
2: and then you know, like, then like, and
0: then there's a class action suit.
2: Yeah, Corey Seeker shows up at Dave Appleman's house, banging on the door. <laughs> Who cares, Appleman?
1: Yes, yeah. cost me eight billion dollars. Josh Allen, uh, just, just Josh Allen, just gonna go on a tour. Like, I told you guys. Yeah. <laughs> my sights on the trouble.
0: Yeah, Adam Wainwright. Yeah. <laughs> <God. laughs>
1: Oh, man. No, but even some of the other things that came out today that were interesting, at least in, in a sense of the award draft picks to teams that don't manipulate service time. So, the, that the, the, the talk about tweaks of the draft lottery, which I'm I'm interested to see more about that. And another part of why I think, even I think perhaps the season may start on time if spring training is maybe late too, is because they know full the more this is carrying on, the more it's just if they. It's a no-win situation for both sides. And Tony Clark, right now, the the head of the player association, they are going to bunker down because they have to. Because the owners are just, they're not going to get they're they're not going to give in. As Chris and I get that joke, there uh,
0: but, yeah, <laughs> Jeffrey Figer law yeah. commercials.
1: Yeah, Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey
0: uh, Figer, whose brother was in what what group? He the was Mac? in the NAC. Yeah, he was yeah. in the Nac. So
1: yeah, that <laughs> yeah, he was. The knack from, yeah, we found the knack. Yeah, yeah my Sharona? Yeah, my Sharona, yeah. So you actually dated a woman named Sharona, by the way, fun fact. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway, you don't really need a long spring
2: training. i MLBPA has already talked with DBAT to get facilities for players to use. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not like they have to be me. They're not going to sit at home eating tacos they're They could still actually work out, prepare for the season. I personally think spring training is too long as it is anyway. It starts in mid-February, and games don't start until the start of April end of March. Yeah, I, it a few weeks.
0: I've always considered that to be part of almost like a deal they have with the cities. Yeah, we promised we'd be down there for six weeks. So you guys can do your tourism stuff or whatever. But I'm trying to how long was the like the post. Post pandemic, you know, 2020, I don't remember how long that second spring training was. I,
2: it was a month, I believe.
0: Yeah. And that felt fine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I'm trying to remember when they opened up the what date did they. Did Sotomayor stop the, the, the 94 strike? Oh. I'm, I'm looking question. at it. Question. The strike ended on March 28th, 1995. Gotcha. And they start, they, it was a shortened season. What date did they start? Oh. Yeah, I didn't know we were going we to get into this, so I wasn't really. <laughs> Dollar time. 1995?
1: i can remember. Yeah, that was the.
2: April 25th. So they so, that like in three and a half weeks or yeah. four weeks. So I think you can, as long as you get a deal by March 1st, I think you can avoid losing games.
0: Yeah. I mean, that may, that stands the reason. I, I think. I people uh, say
2: February 1st, like, you don't, don't, don't need it that quick. They don't need that much time.
1: Yeah. Especially when the only thing that they're talking about is maybe free agency. But again, I think that deals would probably be done pretty quickly if some were already discussed beforehand.
2: <clears throat> yeah. I mean. It's it's not that hard. It's not like you're like going house shopping. Who these people are? It's like, yeah. How, how are you supposed to do it? <laughs> yeah. Who are these? Is, is Carlos Correa a baseball player? Where where do we find out this information? I think you could settle it pretty quickly if you had to.
0: Yeah, and and I suspect uh, strongly that, that teams are still doing tons of homework on free agency and maybe even contacting them surreptitiously.
2: Yeah, we're not even allowed to think about it. <laughs> I
0: know. <They're, laughs> Passing notes under doors and things like that, but yeah, I don't think the business side of this has gone, you know, completely off the rails. I mean,
2: what do you think if we signed Barlo's Baria? To-
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, if this theoretical player, yes, it sounds like he wants two hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: and it's, I know, yeah, I think that it's just there's some things that are going to happen really quickly, and then before you know, baseball starts, and then we're just going to pretend this never happened. But so we're looking at the 2022 Tigers. Zip projections and you have the Kansas City Royals one too that just came out I believe this week or no, you have the Nationals that came out and then uh, uh, Royals not too far back and the the Tigers in terms of some of the names you mentioned from the past that, uh, I cracked up a little bit the Stephen Moyas,
0: Derek Hill and
1: yeah. The, yeah and then the Christian Stewart reference but so you were saying the offense call you by surprise a little bit in, in terms of for this year it even how did last season play out to you in terms of projections that there was any kind of big surprises from last year?
2: The, the offense was better than Zips expected in the season. Badu, I think, is the most obvious example of that. And Zips was actually pretty optimistic that he'll repeat his season more than right. I was surprised. It was a better projection than I expected. I thought there'd be more regression, but Zips liked his stat cast data, thought it was consistent with how he hit. I, I, I think what kind of surprised me going to this offseason season. I, I was not down on the Tigers, but I didn't really see them doing like much better than their 77-85 record, which I thought was above their head for 2021. But the more I looked at their stats and thought about it, thought about some of the guys who are very close to the majors, and I turned out, it doesn't happen often, I liked the team a lot more after writing the piece. I, I just thought, oh, they're better than I thought. And I'm more positive about the the Tigers than I was at the start.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. I was, and you mentioned it in, in that piece about, uh, you're talking about Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson. They're both projected for close to three war. And and you mentioned, you referenced your Seattle rundown too, because Julio Rodriguez is also projected for three war. And you were you showing how rare that is to zips. So I was curious and I went through all of them. I think you've got 26 of them up now, maybe 25. 20, I
2: 26. I have four more teams to do. Braves, Brewers. Rangers and someone else. I forget. I should know. Marlins. There you go. I did do Marlins. It feels like a, no, I have to do Marlins.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't see them when I was, I, I just, you could probably figure out a way to, to just pull this right up, but I went through and looked at every player that I could find who uh, hasn't made the majors yet. Who has had a, a war projection at zips of 1.0 or better. And I went through I earlier. You guys. Oh, <laughs> You so say you can't hear me? Oh, now I can. Sorry, maybe I was leaning down. But what I was saying is as I went through all the projections and found all the guys who are all players who haven't made their major league debut yet who were projected for at least one war. Uh, let's see how many. There was about 60 total, I think, so far. But really only, let's see, 10 for projected for two war. And uh, the Tigers have two of them. So that's uh,
2: yeah. kind of interesting. With, with Green and Torkelson, they get really yeah. solid predictions. Almost three wins. Yeah. they're they're way up there. I had actually been tracking the rookies, so it's actually interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't it was kind of the, the way I split it. There's still plenty of other rookies who, you know, still have rookie eligibility that, that were decent, but I was just it just made me wonder how often the Zips will project that for somebody who's never actually reached the majors. And yeah, I think even one and a half, you get down to about 20, 21 guys. And Kreidler fits in there too. So the Tigers have three guys who could theoretically the Zips put up one and a half wins. So that Yeah.
2: But the first two I think are the big ones. And Yeah. And the, the and the the boost that they can provide that offense is just amazing. The Royals have a couple of guys who look like they're close to the majors but I don't think they're going to integrate them as well as the Tigers will. I think the Royals will continue to royal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's yeah, they were also pretty high up there with a couple they had three pretty quality guys. The one it surprised me Cleveland had six players uh, all like one and a half wins projected that that hadn't made their debuts yet. So I was like, "Oh boy, here comes the Cleveland again." But yeah, it's fun to play around with this. It's nice. It's nice to have well, a projection system, that's for sure.
2: When we were talking about fictional players, I opened up an old game for the Nintendo called Roger Clemens MVP Baseball. Yeah. And it has, it doesn't have the, the license for the teams. It doesn't have the license for the players. And the thing about it is they changed the names of the players to not be the real ones, but you could tell yeah. what they were. Like Frank Tanana's in the game as Frenana. <laughs> uh there's Billick, Werrell, which is clearly Walt Terrell. Hankman uh Letterman, I don't know who that is. Gabs.
1: <laughs> oh uh, no, that's no, uh, Mike
2: Henneman. Oh, okay. I forgot about him. Uh, and I'm looking at the roster and and the starting lineup is is Phipps. Oh, there we go.
0: <laughs> Furpo Marbury. What? Uh, Phipps Donner,
2: that, you... Tony Phillips got Lloyd B, Melk. Yeah. Fieldman, Inkervac, <laughs> and here's my favorite Bambi. Because <laughs> Rock Deer, I assume this is Fryman. There's just Frin, Coil, Lil, Tesby, Milk, Kyler.
0: Yeah, and then that sounds like the uh, that's the '91 team, I think. The one that that we and really I did a dice baseball game, and I was the '91 Tigers uh, a couple weeks ago. That was my squad.
2: Good stuff. So that was the random thing I was thinking of. <laughs> which is completely off top it is baseballs and it's not like hollywood squares like we were talking
1: so yeah yeah anytime you can mention roger Clemens mvp baseball that's that was a fun game yeah because it was it was neat because it was a game when you played a season you didn't play a season
2: they started you off in the midst of the pennant race so it's like Mm -hmm. we're just gonna start you off in the divisional race and everything was first person and people had trouble with that because the camera would shift so rapidly it wasn't as good a game as baseball stars but it was a pretty good game yeah,
0: I'm trying to... Oh, yeah, they they got player name humor. Dale Strawberry was Raspberry. <laughs> Steve Sachs is Clarinet. Very fun. Oh, Lenny Dykstra is Nails. Yeah. Not we bad. Are, these
2: have nothing to do with the real players, of course. <laughs> we don't have a lot wait,
0: wait a minute. Tim Raines is Snows. I'm wondering...
1: <laughs> I wonder if it's a cocaine reference. I <laughs>
0: i don't know if that is or if they're just playing with uh, the weather but anyway but it's a
2: lot of a lot of playing around with rights back then that there wouldn't be nowadays there was a uh, a beat-em-up arcade game in japan called baseball Nin- ninja baseball batman
1: oh yeah yeah i've been on an emulator of mine
2: yeah I, I i play that on Mame once in a while it's a lot of fun but you can play as Ron- as ryan sandberg daryl strawberry roger clemens or jose canseco but it isn't them it's like ninja robots that look like them.
0: Well yeah I I I recall from Street Fighter wasn't one of the characters basically based on Mike Tyson. He was in the original in bison but they changed his name. They they switched names. Yeah.
2: I got a little worried Mike Tyson uh, was wealthy at the time and also you probably didn't want to piss off Mike Tyson too much.
0: Yeah.
1: Can you imagine that just him going through and or even like he was in Super Street Fighter 2, uh being long is essentially Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the, the the dragging, or his leg can go on fire, uh, but he was basically a knockoff version of that.
2: But get back in... And- <laughs> Tekken got away with that, too. They had a oh, had yeah. a Jackie Chan and, Amar-
1: and Bruce Lee. That was very obvious. Yeah, and <laughs> that drunk, it was the guy with the drunken style, correct? Yeah, Lay? <laughs> Lay, yeah. That's a... I haven't played Tekken in a long time. That's a good game. Get back to it, Chris, there was, there was the one thing I wanted to ask you, Chris, uh, in terms of some of the projection-wise, the one... Or, in terms of the starters, we look at Mize at 2.3 and school 2.0. And that is Manny at 1.3, Chris. The reason why I'm asking about these three is that they're the young part of the rotation. And it just seems like the Tigers, that's a, quite a bit to have uh, on there. I mean, two wars, good. They're going to wrong. Or is it p- the projection to have that. But you still, it, it still shows that the lack of the rotation, Alexander at 0.3.
2: Those are with the Fangraph's depth chart playing time So the the Mm -hmm. back ones will always have fewer innings Like Alexander, (laughs) not that many more I think it's a lot of progress If you ask me is this team going to contend for a wild card in, in 2022 I'd probably still say no But they've gotten to the point where they're interesting They're like the White Sox in about 2019 or so Where they're going to be interesting soon But maybe not right now You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, it, we've discussed that a lot. Where they are and the rebuild, will if you will, or the the return to contention. I did think you pointed out in your write up that they probably need to add another starter. It doesn't certainly doesn't help that Turnbull's gone and or injured, and Matthew Boyd is gone. And then you point out that the bullpen uh, looks like a disaster.
2: Yeah, Zips was not big on the bullpen.
0: Yeah, which is it's interesting because they, they seem to have a few guys who popped over the toward the end of the season like guys who, who seem to have made like Alex Lang seem to make real progress but I don't know do you find that that Zips does a decent job it's your- like
2: you can look at Gregory Soto and he he picked really well at times like a lot of the he was pretty dominating but Zips also sees a guy who walked more than five batters a game and that's a yeah. very thin line uh, that goes into trouble relievers like that who have walk rates in that kind of danger zone they're very risky
0: yeah, and it seems to be re- relievers in general are, yeah. are so hard to predict. But yeah, no, I think you're you're absolutely right there. Where I was looking at relievers, who was it? Carlos Marmol used to Marmol. post post ridiculous like uh, walk rates and still managed to to succeed, and then they would completely fall apart. It's like guys like that you can't really trust.
2: Yeah, one of the one of the amazing things about Mariano Rivera wasn't just that he was a great reliever because he was. But it wasn't like he put up otherworldly numbers in any given season that other relievers couldn't. What made him special was that he did it for 15 years or more than that. And I think that he left before he was done. I think he could have come back another three or four years and kept throwing that cutter because he was fine his final. Yeah,
0: it's, a, I kinda, it's funny thinking about... I always view him and, and David Ortiz as having all these epic battles and they both had these really strong final seasons where they could have probably... Easily could justified coming back when there's something to be said for guys who walk away when they're still good.
2: Yeah, and in my honor, Rivera's case, he was already going to be in the Hall of Fame. He already had lots of World Series rigs. He was the all-time saves leader. It wasn't like he was going to be all-timer than he was all-time here. Yeah. I guess from his standpoint, says, so is there anything more to really accomplish?
1: Yeah, and at that point too, in terms of his just stuff, he's yeah. You're right. He still had it. In- Maybe it's just a way to say, you know what, I'm going on the top, and you really probably consider the Hall of Fame vote at that point too. Because was he in? Was he in? Is he, in, is he wait? Has he gotten the Hall of Fame? I can't remember. Yeah, I but know. It, no, wasn't he right? unanimous? Unanimous. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he was did. the first okay. unanimous. He. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I was trying to blank there for a second, but I think the reason why I was drawing to blank is because I was looking at some of your the comps on some of the players, and it's funny. There's three X Tigers here, but I'm gonna I... I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna challenge you guys both on what X Tigers. So the first one is Cam oh. which is Travis Fryman, so that's easy. But what about the next couple of them? And can you guess any of them being former Tigers? We
2: already actually mentioned one of them. Yes, we today. did. We mentioned Lloyd Moseby already.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lloyd Moseby. Okay. And then there's one more. There's a couple more there. So I'm, I'm I'm going. I'm going to ask Chris here. What about there's one that stands out in the top? Boy,
0: five. I don't. The top five?
2: Oh, I know, I know, but I won't say it. Yeah.
0: Is it G- Junior Felix? Yeah, there
2: you go. Nice. Yeah. Oh, we're still talking hitters. Okay. I was like, oh. The- oh,
1: no, yeah.
2: There's a very obvious one in the top five. I was like, got to look down.
1: There's, yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, because the it was, again, Sparky Anderson loved ex-Blue Jays for some strange reason. He was the Blue Jays. And then he spent his last season in the majors with the Tigers before he retired or disappeared. So then uh, Jonathan Scope was the other Frank Thomas. Oh, uh- <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs>
2: yeah. Scott Livingstone's
1: there. He was the Yeah, there <laughs> yeah, yeah, Scott Livingstone's there. Bob Melvin's there. Former Tiger Catcher who was-
0: No, I assume I it's always the number one comp, but I assume that there are times where like things might be close enough that you might search for somebody who is no,
2: never. I would never <laughs> disturb the sanctity of the number one comp.
0: Oh uh, yes, very <laughs> good.
2: <laughs> Even when as long as people think I do, because some years ago, Byron Buxton, his top comp was Carlos Gomez. And people mm. thought I'd picked that like one just to Mess with twins. Yeah, just the mess, mess with twins fans, but like, no, yeah. I swear. I like, took like a screenshot of it. Like, this is nice. top comp. I no, it's always the top comp. And it's what amuse what, what amuses me sometimes is like fringe players. There's always like a few players who are so averagely mediocre that they show up on a lot of comp lists. Chad Muller is like somewhere <laughs> on the comp list of every triple A fringe catcher in their early 30s. They all have Chad Muller somewhere.
1: <laughs>
2: Consistently mediocre across the board. Sorry, Chad. That, my
1: my favorite comp, though, is you have for Eduardo Rodriguez, and that's the candy man, the original candy man, John Candelaria, who did throw one no-hitter, but that was more known as a reliever. He pitched all over after that, but just that, that cracked me up because I always just think of his interviews where he looked like he was just fresh off. Uh, he partied up a little bit in uh, <laughs> those pirate hats, but... Yeah, I have them up on the screen. The Casey Mize one for Tiger fans, by the way, is 30-game winner, Danny McLean. So that could be a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> well, you get it.
0: I think Zips doesn't take a uh, personality into account, hopefully.
1: Good,
0: good. I <laughs> don't know how it could. And maybe it does. One of those uh, letter types, uh, identical or whatever you call them, where, uh, hey, I'm an RCBM.
1: The Jeff Francis one for Tarek Skubal, I'm sure some Tiger fans are like, What? What about Randy Jones? Jeff Francis was... Tim Cruz that's a good one too I haven't heard that name in a long time yeah I felt like every time he got baseball cards Tim Cruz was like a double every time like yeah two Tim Cruz every time you got baseball cards
2: yeah Tim, Tim Cruz is a sad story because he was on that boat that that crash that killed Steve Olin
1: Cleveland oh yeah that's right oh oh yeah I did that's
2: yeah, yeah him and Olin were killed and drunk and speeding and yeah, uh, Bobby Ojeda. I think he missed the whole season or most of the season, and really injured himself badly, and was trying to recover. That was really that was sad. That was devastating.
0: Yeah, I remember that. That was a big bummer. There were, I don't know. I guess there's always a, a tragedy or two in baseball. But yeah, I remember that one being big. I remember the uh, boy. Who was the the pilot? the The New York Yankees pitcher who crashed into a building? No, not the grand. It was like in the early oh, early two thousands.
1: Oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. Why. I remember Bison Daly, the former Piston.
0: Oh, geez. It just disappeared.
1: Died at sea, yeah. The cruise reference. <laughs> I feel like such
2: oh, a Corey da- Lytle. Corey Lytle. Corey
1: Lytle, yeah. yeah. The cruise reference, I feel like such a turd about it. But I honestly, was, I remember. Yeah, I didn't
2: mean to imply any. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I you know, know. that's what he's, that, that, he yeah, was, that no. guy.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I just, and you're, I remember that being a big thing on ESPN for like three days, too, when he, I used to watch. uh yeah. That was a kind of daily thing you got your news. Yeah. But
2: no, and I feel bad because I've been on a boat and been drinking and think and I still thinking about that. And then I just think, okay, let's just drive slowly. Let's just go slow. Yeah. And I feel bad about that. Like that, that I'm not being that much more careful. Like when I've been on a boat and
0: going drinking. There's, yeah.
1: Uh, Joey Wentz, by the way, gets paired to the former Tiger Bobby C.
0: Yeah, I take that.
1: Yeah, I think that. that's that's not I like that. And there's uh, also, there's the where was the one I, I giggled at a little bit. Oh, Mitch Williams to Gregory Soto, which kind of makes sense actually. If you think about it,
2: yeah,
0: lefty wild.
2: Now, yeah. the weird thing about Joey Wentz is how is he still just 24? It's <laughs> like yeah. he has been around forever.
0: Yeah, he was he the 2015 draft class or was he the same draft class as Matt Manning? Was that 2016?
2: I think he was 2016, I'm not sure.
0: So he was drafted I mean, that,
2: out of high school, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, I remember he was in Kansas. He was he was like a first baseman too, and then uh people he started throwing harder, and we're like, wait a minute, what about a pitcher? Let me see. I'm looking.
2: Yeah, but it just feels yeah. it just feels like he's been talked about for so long. It's like he's still just 24. I had that feeling when uh, Bubba Starling announced his retirement recently. I'm like, oh, he's oh, still geez. around. Is he like 50 now? He's like still in his 20s. I'm like, how did that happen? I thought he was drafted well, like in the 80s.
0: We've <laughs> We we last week or the week before, we talked about Rick Porcello, who's been around since I was a child and he's only 33.
2: Yeah. John Garland was another one like that. He came up at age 20 mm-hmm. uh, and then he lasted forever. And he only turned 40 not too long ago. He's a year younger than me. So he could have pitched another decade, essentially, than when he actually retired.
0: Yeah. And he was a very similar pitcher and career to Porcello, actually, I think. Although Porcello won so young, for some reason,
2: Has Porcello officially retired, or is he? I
0: don't think so. I think he just disappeared. He's he's got money. He's probably got long hair and a beard, and is in Tibet,
1: making some wise investments. We got in that crypto, uh, yeah, cryptocurrency. Who knows? But he oh. hasn't. There's been no talk. The last time. Did he throw last year for cold teams, Chris? I don't him? remember.
0: I I don't sworn he did. It's possible. It's somebody, I didn't think he was to... injured or done or anything, but.
2: Yeah. I just remember him being a free agent and just never hearing about him again.
0: Yeah, that's basically what happened. And we, we, like we talked about last week, his underlying numbers were pretty good in 2020. He, he ERA was ugly, but and
1: that was it. So uh, I did want to before we get to our yeah, he was agent, I could probably just ask. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Let's see.
2: I, I don't know why he well, he, he does Excel Sports Management. I actually know people there, so I should actually ask them. Yeah. A lot of times, I always forget that—that that I am. I do have the ability to call agents and teams, and they will get back to me. But I always forget to actually
1: use that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's not a bad point.
1: With great Pretty power, Ricky. With, uh, pro- uh, with great power comes great responsibility. There you go. There yeah, you
2: go. I, I mostly just mess around on Twitter. I don't use any of my access all that
1: <laughs> useful. Walter in our chat. Made that, a clean uh, for it. He made a clean break for it. <laughs> yeah I, yeah Discussing
0: we were discussing Rivera and I always bring back Justin Verlander like certain players they reach a point that's good enough for them and they don't need to play anymore uh, I I wonder why Verlander wants to come back I think because he's crazy and wants to you know break all sorts of records that he can and other people are like yeah that's good I'm done
2: it really depends on the player because I think yeah a lot of fans never really quite get it but there a lot of players love baseball mm-hmm. like Ricky Henderson he loved playing baseball and he'd still, if a team called him up now and said, do you want to come to spring training and try out for the team? He'd be right there. But a lot of players play baseball because they're good at it and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's always players who just aren't as into baseball. And sometimes fans get shocked about that. Like, how can he not love baseball? Like Adam Dunn was not huge into baseball. He wanted to spend the offseason doing anything but baseball. He wanted to go fishing and hunting. And that's what Adam Dunn wanted to do. So it's not surprising that he walked away fairly early. Because it's like he doesn't – he had enough money to retire. He doesn't love what he does the way some other players do. Like, like Vado loves it a lot more than Adam Dunn ever did. So it's quite a variance from player to player.
0: Yeah, I and mean, it's one thing. Like, it's not just playing in the games. I'm sure some people would be like, yeah, if I could just go play. But there's you're still <laughs> – you got to get it to, to park at 2 in the afternoon and you're staying till 11 and it's uh, there's more to it.
2: Yeah, you're away. You're from your family half the year. You're working out constantly. You're watching your diet in the off season. You're not saying anything to get yourself suspended on Twitter or
0: anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah Some players are better than that than others.
1: Or it, the user platform like John Smoltz does and complains about the game every five seconds when he's on the broadcast. Right. Either or. How do you ever want to see that fit? <laughs> eh, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? So... Before we get to the listener questions, I did have a couple questions for you guys. Uh-oh. So, I'm holding up in my hand is Music IQ, which a game I got oh, in Bay City. And Dan, your music knowledge is pretty—I would say—average. Average? Oh, okay. I think average. It
2: depends on the uh, on the, the the era we're talking about. I was born in 1978, so if the questions are '90 stuff, there's a good chance. I'll know it. I do tend to have rather hipstery indie rock tastes. So you ask something about like the new pornographers or something or Bell and Sebastian. And I probably know that. But if you ask about something now or something that's hip hop, I will not know it at all.
1: Um, there, by, by the way, new pavement dropped, today. Pavement dropped a new single today. Oh, so uh, yeah. for anybody in any, the, that,
2: any that is actually that? interesting. No, I'm, I'm first, song
1: in what, what it, first song in 15 years.
2: I did not know that was a possibility, but again, I, I, I I tend to fall behind on music releases these days and I just got bit by a
1: cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so name up with... my new album. <laughs> so we're gonna play a quick I'm just gonna ask you guys each three questions. Randomly. I'm gonna be really yeah. bad at this. So I'm gonna try to see if I can play it up to Chris's uh power suits, but No, nah, that's fine. All right. So I'm gonna go with the first this was a softball question. Or just a really Jenny Fetch.
2: Do we have like a buzzer or is it or
0: both of us are just for one you're gonna ask one at a time.
1: I'm gonna ask one at a time and whoever okay. gets it just gets
0: it. Oh okay, I got gotcha. you.
1: All right, so turn down the music a little bit. Who was Ziggy Stardust? Oh.
0: Was that David Bowie? What, what was No oh, it... yeah,
1: that's right there. You're... Yeah, that oh. was his that was his character with the
2: star.
0: Yeah, sorry, I didn't well,
1: sorry, I didn't have a play,
2: he play
0: the yeah. guitar. I mean Dan knew that. I, I just yeah.
1: You were quicker on the draw, Chris?
0: I don't know. He he, he said "O" oh, first, and then I cut him off.
2: Yeah, but, I mean you can. But, uh, Ziggy played guitar, damn and good with weird and He had the spiders from Mars. He
0: I give I game. give him that point because I I couldn't do any of that.
2: But murdered too far became <laughs> the special man. That's for Ziggy's brand.
0: That's going on Twitter as the the clip for this episode. <laughs>
2: yeah, the worst clip ever in Ace uh, was. You I was doing a stream for fan and one of my cats was on my windowsill and a bee got in. Oh, no. And he, 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 uh, he, he knocked down the bee and he picked up the bee in his mouth to bring it to me. Oh, no. And he just, and you he just hear me on the, was like, stop, don't bring it to me. He tried to bring me like this half dead bee. And then you just hear me like hitting the bee with like a shoe.
0: <laughs> the bee attack. Killer bees.
2: I'm not okay. a magic. I just don't want to get stung by a yeah in a, in my
1: office. All right, some of these questions are very hard, but uh, all right, I'll give you. Okay, here's a question number two. Play the music here. What inspired Sting to write Roxanne? I, I get there's multiple choices. Do you guys want me to spill them out? Is it the Greek
2: myth or that seems a little pret- that's pretentious enough for Sting? Depending on when you got
0: him, <laughs> I, yeah, I was gonna go with uh no de Bergerac or something like that.
1: It, okay. It was about a prostitute. Oh, okay.
0: Wait, is that what the answer?
1: Yeah. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's... Oh, was it... Is it a red light? Was it like a reference to Amsterdam yeah, it, or... Yeah. No, you have to turn on the red light district being prostitute. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, all right. Third question. And then we got two more to go after this. Just two more to go after this. All right. This, this one's a multiple choice one. So, how much did a three-day pass to Woodstock cost in 1969? $10, $18, or $25? I'll say $10. Chris? That would have been my guess too. It was actually $18. How dare they? Yeah, there's inflation for That's you. A- Oops. All right. Oh, let me see. Let's skip around here. Another one. So here's another multiple choice question. This is a good one. What is the origin of the term funk? Hmm. The opposite of blues? The slang funky meaning smelly? <laughs> the slang funky meaning sexy? I don't think they would... They would. I think it's more likely to be
2: sexy than smelly. I don't think you would... I think you you're naturally make it... You talk about stank and everything after, but I don't think it would be the source of it. I think that would come like later. You're trying to sell people on the concept of funk.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I. That's probably what I would choose, but for fun, I'll go with the opposite of blues. It
1: was actually... It was smelly. It was smelly. Oh, it was right. okay why? What I, 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 this I, music stinks. What I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't Oh, I yeah.
2: believe you. I'm just surprised. Yeah. I it, wasn't there for the foundations of funk. Again, I was yeah. you know, I was born in 78. I don't know my 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 funk very well.
1: No, and <laughs> I was just I was stunned by the question the answer myself. That's why I kind uh, of like, gave a I a funky. Look.
0: Anyway. All right, Very interesting.
1: All right. So this one okay, this isn't this one should be an easy one. What's Worst Brand sign a sponsorship deal with the rap group one DMC? The first of its kind. Adidas? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. My oh, Adidas. All right. Let's see here. Okay. Adidas. Okay. All right. Here. You know what? Listen. Okay. We'll end on this one. I promise. This last one. Okay. All right. All right, Chris. This is a Chris and Dan. I think Dan will get this. To hip hop fans, what were the 1990s? The Glorious 10, The Immortals, The Golden Age. I don't know if it'd be i guess it would be the golden age uh,
3: yeah
0: you, I've,
2: you had all those guys before they were a lot before lots of killings maybe which of them had, not to be gauche but
0: no that, that's yeah it's interesting I, i've never guys
2: who were like big now and they're like ex-rappers they all came from the 90s especially like the early 90s maybe there's some 80s in there too but i would say golden age
0: yeah, I've, I've never heard the other two references. It's, I've always said the golden age of rap was like from 88 to 94 or whatever, but I guess they, they could probably stretch it out.
1: Yeah, you're correct. You guys are both correct. It we'll was the golden age. Your morals do sound a little too comic book-y, but
0: I've Yeah, I've never heard.
1: Yeah, yeah. The glorious 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I but, like, and walter brings up a good point too. all the producers that were you had dr dre you also had you know what's funny is even pharrell pharrell a uh, young pharrell was a pretty good producer he did he rump was, Sha- he did rump shaker
0: he was with the was he with the track masters i think he was yeah he was with the neptunes yeah i don't know no but yeah like you had rick rubin in the 80s and, and the 90s Huffy was around but yeah i, I don't know yeah jay's uh, dj premier
1: uh, jay dilla too is dilla yeah there's Plenty of examples of that. Alright, so I just want to break up the baseball talk. All right. <laughs> right. We can. Well, there's it's the off season yeah. and there's not much happening. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's true. And and if we just them. talk
2: about projections for an hour, people will get bored. I'll get bored.
1: We, talk, <laughs> they, we can talk about what's happening. The show. Well, the the show with Roger and you know, Roger yeah. And Rerun? Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a
2: little I was a little too young to it. I didn't really see that many reruns of it. So I was culturally aware of it.
0: Yeah, that's the same way I was too. I don't remember.
2: I remember 80s shows. Like you could give me an 80s show. And you know I could sing that. Show me that smile again. Oh, show me that smile.
3: There,
0: uh, all right, Let's,
3: let's do it.
2: it There's nowhere near. No
0: So we're all. Because is...
1: so, yeah. you're
0: just gonna keep going, huh?
3: You have
1: to have the the denouement of the song. <laughs> <laughs> of course, my, my brother's my favorite show of all time. the '80s. Is Perfect Strangers because it was so ridiculous.
2: Standing tall oh, on the, the yeah of
1: And also it launched Family Matters because the elevator lady. Yeah. Power, yeah. 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 And then, of course, you have the infamous, the girl, the younger sister who went upstairs and never came back and find out she was in porno later. Wait, what? Yeah, the younger sister went upstairs and never came back down.
0: In what show? In Perfect Street? Oh, Wait, no. And Family, it, family it, Matters.
1: Yeah. It, it family ma- oh. Yeah.
0: Wow. I,
2: have you ever seen the, the Key and Peel Urkel sketch?
3: Yes. yes. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was watching that when my mom was visiting this one time I was there, and she was just in, in my kitchen, and she comes out, and she sees me watching this, and she just sees. No, the actor pretending to be Reginald L. Johnson holding the gun. It's like, no, it's not. Seriously, <laughs> <why is laughs>
1: the Go on. Yeah. Go on, Mom. But yeah, let's, so we have listener questions, right, Chris? Yeah, we got I, at
0: least three. I haven't checked Twitter since. We got some good ones. And one of them we touched on already. It was from Field Diamond. He said, will a Kale Badu buck a sophomore slump, assuming we have baseball back?
2: I'll say yes, because Zips liked him. So I'll just go with Zips said there. Then if it's wrong, I can blame the computer.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, I think it, I think he'll be okay. Go ahead, Dan.
2: Yeah, it's a 264, 335, 451 projection, 113 OPS plus. And that's, I think he was like a 113.
0: He was. That's exactly what he did this year. Yeah. and so that-
2: It's basically tell- saying he's going to repeat, but it looks like a little less power, but a little more walks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It looks like uh, 2.3 war is what I see there. And he had 1.9 this year. So it's like a yeah,
2: that's fine. It's from, a, it's from yeah. a player that it wasn't expected of. And he's fine so don't complain
0: yeah and then it's i want to follow up on that because i i find someone like him to be fascinating just to, to, curious how that would affect a projection system because nobody I, I i think nobody would have predicted what he did last year and zips had him for a 63 ops plus and a negative yeah. 1.1 war and i think that's totally justifiable for a guy yeah. who had 30 games in, in high a
2: yeah he had he had 30 games in high a and he didn't even play well in high a yeah he was pretty awful it was one of the more surprising it's like he it's, are you powered by covid dude yeah
0: so i've been fascinated by it for a while and basically the only one thing that you could point to from his minor league stats at least the publicly available ones was like he had decent walk rate and i guess there was a little bit of power and speed there but it wasn't like it wasn't like he was walking at a 30 percent ridiculous rate or anything like that but from watching him all year it, it quickly became pretty obvious that he had an outstanding idea of the strike zone like he's not necessarily like Juan Soto or anything like that, but <laughs> he ended the year uh, making really good swing decisions for the most part. I think he left the zone under twenty eight percent of the time, which kind of puts him in the same ranges as, as like Justin Turner and Paul Goldschmidt and Jose Ramirez.
2: Right, especially for a guy who has such little high minors experience.
0: Yeah, and and it, I guess what kind of what that kicked off in my brain is. At least theoretically, one thing from the minor leagues to the major leagues is that the strike zone is going to be roughly the same. So I, I did wonder, and, and there's yeah, other
2: West is retiring.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, anybody who watches minor league baseball knows that the the umps aren't as good, but still, theoretically, it's going to be roughly the same.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the question in on the screen right. If they don't come up very quickly, I think there should be some rioting. Yeah. Tork Torkelson or we riot. I think that should be like the chant.
0: Yeah, there, there's no excuse, really. And we know that teams will mess with, yeah, mess with service time and stuff like that. So, but they're really. You
2: mean you mean that that extra week for Chris Bryant wasn't necessary? He he wasn't as good as Mike Olf and then he became better than Mike olf that season. Are you suggesting <laughs> that wasn't actually happened?
0: Yeah, I know it's. Uh, and, and it's one of those things where I I don't necessarily blame teams for doing it because they can and because it's smart from their perspective it just feels gross but yeah I, I, like even if they do that those guys are coming up a few weeks into the season at most a few months into the season
2: yeah they both had an over 900 ops in triple a last year not in full seasons but they crushed AAA pitching and i can't see them unless they're actually struggling in like the first month of the season changing that because at that point if they're just killing triple a pictures what are they going to learn at that point yeah, like killing them a little more at that point, you have to say, and especially because the Tigers aren't going to win 95 games this year unless something very unexpected happens. Getting them time in the majors should be priority over squeezing out every last win by holding them down to see if they're ready yet. Uh, no, yeah. they got to be up quickly. Or...
0: Absolutely. You and and you
2: just flip over cars.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you need, as you said, they're not going to be contending for the division almost certainly not but maybe the following year they could and you want to get the guys up now and maybe get some of those growing pains out of the way so they're ready to go from jump street next year but yeah uh, or the fall you know 2023
2: hit major league pitching let them learn to deal with a slump or players adjusting because that does happen and you have to get used to that kind of thing get that stuff now taken care of and then go after the white Sox in 2023
0: yeah that sounds right to me. Let's see, we, we've got two more questions. Oh, here we'll go with this one first. I would like to. This from Steve Butts. He said, "I would like to hear what all of you think. Baez's future projection, when you consider that his performance was disparate when comparing his performance with the Cubs and the Mets, he seems to me like it's volatile to look at his projection." Now, you actually wrote a, a whole paragraph about Baez. In your yeah, lineup, I, yeah. I,
2: I think you just have to accept that he's not going to be a scientific hitter. That he's not going to be someone who is going to he's not going to be an MVP candidate likely unless mm-hmm. everything goes right for him. But he hits for a lot of power. He fills the position and you just have to not worry that the contact at times will be almost comical. Because that's who he is at this point. You have to don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good.
0: Yeah, and, and we we've discussed it that there are certain types of players that just swing at everything. And they've demonstrated the ability to succeed in ways. If few have done it like Baez with such a stark, you know, strikeout walk rate, but he's done it several times, like for several seasons, it's eventually it's going to stop working. But for now, if you've got a guy who puts up relatively consistent numbers at the end of the season, his rough start with the Cubs and his crazy finish with the Mets, that's probably to be expected for somebody like this who who will go on big-time streaks.
1: Not to mention, too, he's just his, his athleticism. He's just mm-hmm. a guy who still so has it. It's not like he's in his... Mid thirties or anything like that. So, yeah, he still has the athletic ability to make up for his shortcomings, and so I think that I think the projection that you have him here, Dan, I think it's it's I think it's spot on. So I don't. I it would be nicer to hit him over closer to three hundred, but again, beggars can't be choosers.
2: Yeah, I, it goes back to what Earl Weaver said. He always used to say stuff about don't focus on what a player can't do; focus on what a player can do. And so Earl Weaver was. One of the was pretty advanced for the time the way he used platoons and and players like he would get a lot out of a player like Terry Crowley that a lot of managers wouldn't because he knew Terry Crowley couldn't play defense he couldn't hit left handed pitching but as he said in that kind of foul mouth rant over Weaver's which you <laughs> might have heard that what Terry Crowley could do is sit in his ass, on his ass for seven innings and throw him in the game in the eighth and get a hit off the right handed reliever that's what he did focus on what a player can do. And if you focus on what Baez can't do, then you're just gonna be disappointed and you're gonna miss out what he can do.
0: Yeah, and Zips for people who haven't seen it, Zips has him uh, hitting twenty six home runs and batting two sixty basically, which which Zero Tigers did last year or the year before.
3: Today I have Tom Moore, Oreo Broadcaster back on the Show. And I under I understand Tom's been getting the mail uh with questions that supposedly I can answer. Now, what the fuck are some of these goddamn questions, Tom? Well, first of all, Earl, George Moore from Baltimore is asking how much we feel the loss of... John uh... Danout was an asshole. He had a trouble. <laughs> the fucking base was loaded. God Almost every fucking time he went out there, he liked to ruin my health smoking cigarettes. And thank God we got Timmy Stoddard coming in on the bullpen right now, sticking the bat up their ass. And that's what it takes. Well, Bill Whitehouse, Earl, that, that certainly is an answer from uh, Frederick. Earl wants to know why you and the Orioles don't go out and get some more teams. Speed. Team speed, for Christ's sake. You get fucking goddamn little threes on the fucking bases, getting picked off, trying to steal, getting thrown out, taking runs away from you. You get them big cocksuckers that can hit the fucking ball out of the ballpark and you can't make any goddamn mistake. Certainly, this show is going to get out in history, Earl. Terry Elliott of Washington, D.C., wants to know why you don't use Terry Crowley as a designated Earl. Terry Crowley's lucky he's in fucking baseball for Christ's sake. He was released by the Cincinnati Yankees, released by the fucking goddamn Atlanta Braves. We saw that Terry Crowley could sit on his fucking ass for eight innings and enjoy watching a baseball game just like any other fans and has the ability to get up there and break one open in the fucking night. So if this cockpicker's mind his own business and let me manage the fucking team, we'd be a lot better off. Certainly you've made your opinions all the
0: fuck. I don't I, I I don't remember the story behind that, but it wasn't an actual he, Real radio yeah, show, it was, either, but that is
2: that's kind of how Earl Weaver talks.
0: Speaking of Earl Weaver, that's the, our final question involves the Orioles. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's Deadly Ninja Bees, our friend. He said the Orioles are moving their left field wall back. What changes to Comerica would you guys make to benefit the Tigers? Should they build the lineup around Comerica's dimensions?
2: I, I, I tend to think that teams should, it's not as much fun, but I think teams should try to keep their park as neutral as possible. So that if your team can win there, it can win everywhere. I think if you're tailoring your park to your team, I think then maybe you just need a better team. Because I think that's gimmicky and you're guaranteed not to win elsewhere. Because teams that play in like weird parks tend to have have trouble on the road sometimes. Like the Rockies or the Twins when they had the baggie and the old Coliseum. I I, I think it's more fun for the fans when parks are weird and unique. Like it's fun to have. We have a flagpole. We have, we have a, a giant man-eating plant that eats right fielders or, or something.
0: <laughs> I would like that. Yeah.
2: Or the the home run feature, which I guess wasn't part of the game. Thank God. The Marlins. The, the oh yeah, the dolphins uh... <laughs> that go around just. Well, it, but I digress. I think that you want to have it as neutral as possible, so that your team, if your team can win there, then they can win anywhere.
1: I, you know, I second that too, and I know that Comerica Park with the they're talking about moving in right center. There's been rumors about that. Zach Short said it on a podcast. Was talking about that, and I like Comerica Park the way it is. And I know people complain about the deep center field and what have you, but at the same time, that home run, that fly ball in center field will be a home run anywhere else, and and really, that's definitely the case. Oh, the, the hill in San Diego, Walter, brings up in the chat, it's a good one too. I just, hey. I, I'm sorry, what, Chris? Oh. They, I mean, Cat,
2: thought, Castellanos isn't on the team anymore, so there's less there's yeah. fewer going to piss off about it anymore.
0: The hill I thought the hill was in Houston. Is there something in San Diego yeah. that I don't
2: Aren't we are we talking about Towels Hill in Houston that they yeah. you know, that they got rid of because
0: it's dangerous? I it's, yeah. yeah. I I like silly stuff like that though. But yeah, no, I,
3: I we're not gonna get hurt.
0: Yeah. No, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm not worried about the moatful crocodiles in the outfield. It's good fun. Um no, I, I'm with you, Relio. I don't have a problem with Comerica's dimensions, really. I it for as much as people complain about the lack of home runs or whatever, I think it's pretty much a neutral offensive environment overall. I think it usually plays like that because there's bigger gaps. And I don't even know what would you how do we, how would you tailor your team to that? I guess you'd have a bunch of speedy guys who could pull the ball over the fence. I, I don't know. And yeah,
1: the Tigers don't have any of that. Yes, yeah.
0: the the I do have nothing. Like I said, I wouldn't change the dimensions. I'm not. I do think every stadium at this point should have a retractable roof. I think we've got the technology. The time is now. I, it seems silly that there's ever a rain out to me, but
2: cities are hoping that owners aren't listening to you because then they're all going to be demanding that. Like, oh,
0: yeah.
2: Oh, now they need another new stadium.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah. Just, uh, you know, retrofit one. This is a giant umbrella. That's all they need. But uh, the one thing I d- I'm not crazy about at Comerica. And I do in general, I like stadiums that are crammed into smaller spaces because I do think you end up with a little bit more interesting designs. But I'm not crazy about like shrubbery slash ivy in center field at Comerica. I know what they're trying for. Yeah, yeah. It's nice and big and green and probably good for vision. But I'd, I'd rather see either seats out there or I don't know, some handsome trees, maybe put some trees out there that are like made like all the trees that baseball bats are made of. Or, like an ash and a maple and a birch and a hickory or something like that.
1: All the urban gardens have been going up in Detroit in the last uh, decade. They could put up some, some items from that because they have the GM uh, fountain right there. So might as well maybe. Baby- that fountain's, yeah, that fountain's no good. Overrated. Well,
2: Chris, my cat just hit you on the screen.
1: <laughs>
0: I I understand, it's uh, probably related to the tigers, and uh, is not happy about my. He's,
2: he's ultra alert because I was playing a video. I was playing one of those four K videos of like just birds, just oh there you go, oxide yeah. scenery. So now he's like watching <laughs> a monitor for movement like twenty four seven now.
0: Maybe he thinks my hair looks like a yeah, except for a rock hopper penguin.
2: But anyway, in the case of the Orioles, they are probably going to neut- neutralize. Their park factors a bit by moving in the left or moving out the left field wall because it is a good home run park for right-handed hitters it if you look at like go like the fan graphs, look at the fan guts and see the park factors it's, yeah. it's it's always near the top for right-handed home run park factors. so it does make the park more neutral and i tend to think that's probably the way that teams ought to go of course you never know with the baseballs because they make it up as they go along because there's <laughs> a wacky the timeline where you do whatever
0: yeah, the, the baseball next year will be made of cat litter.
1: I gotta, yeah, We're not going to tell anybody what we're going to do with the baseballs, but then it, it, we'll, do a, we'll sim, somehow randomly drop it during an interview. like It's no big yeah. deal. Like Anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Glo- the Orioles fans are glad they're doing this after Gleyber Torres hit 65 on runs there a couple of years ago. We
2: we're, were talking CBA. I'd actually like it the players had some ball standards and who oversees that. I think equipment, because... Pictures, especially, are very interested in how the ball is going to move and how the ball is going to feel. And I think that's a, that's a work environment thing to have the equipment change based on whim and whimsy.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And didn't they, weren't they experimenting with the pre tacked balls in yeah. the Olympics and in the AFL?
1: Yeah, and also in Triple A Toledo, the last, oh. in that, that, yeah, the stretch run, the stretch run, they were using that tack ball.
0: Yeah, so. That's a good point, Dan. It would be nice to to have some uniformity and if the pair, players can push for that. Although they, if they push for that, maybe they have to give something up, a concession.
2: Yeah, okay, you know, you, we're, we're going to do the balls. Now you have to make it seven years to free agency now.
0: That's why like somebody was pointing out like that. Hey, hey, we'll stop manipulating service time uh, this way. They're just admitting was, admitting they like, do it.
2: It was like in the last CBA where they got like a a guaranteed like chef in the clubhouse, yeah, like, extra season tickets, and in return, signing pool bonuses for the minor leaguers, yeah, and for the draftees. It's like, oh, so you gave away millions of dollars, and you, know, you could have just bought those extra tickets,
1: yeah, and yeah. you're eating, eating uh, keto free meals now, and you have to pay for it, <laughs> yeah. You could have
2: just DoorDash delivered something to the clubhouse every game, and that would have worked.
1: Yeah, some of these guys can hire personal chefs, and they do, so that's either way. But I think we're out of here. Thank you so much for listening, and Dan, thanks for coming by and talking music, talking Zips, and when's your next Zips projection dropping? It is going to be
2: dropping on Tuesday. We're actually off for MLK Day, and we it is, oh, I don't know what team it is, but it's one of the four that, that hasn't gone yet, which is either the Brewers, the Braves, the Marlins, or what was the first team? I know he said so. One of those. See, I I generate that by random number, because mm. I found out what happens that if I pick a, if I pick in order, then people will try to cajole me or convince me into changing and putting the team they want next, and to reduce the pressures, it's just random
0: number. I have no
2: authority over any of it.
0: Seems like a good way to do it to me.
1: And if you're watching us on YouTube, by the way, I'm sharing the. The Roto-Wear shirt, again, for Emily's Fight Edition. Again, Pitching Ninja did a really good job with this. So if you go and pre-order before the 23rd, I'll guarantee you a good size. So they have the big size for big dudes, and it's expected to ship around the end of the month. So also on our podcast notes, we're going to have the GoFundMe, where you can go ahead and donate and help out Emily in her fight against cancer. So more on that. Hopefully, we'll have Emily on soon, and or maybe next month or so, and based on her scheduled talk shop. But lots of prayers go out to her and her recovery. So for myself and Chris Brown, and we'll be back next week, we're going to have, I think we're going to have Perry on next week, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and we have Joe Drake coming on the week after that for Prospects Live as we're going to be talking some shopping. So some big guests as we continue to roll on through. And also, if you have podcast suggestion covers, by the way, the we were doing Trap Quests midnight marauders for this episode next week we're doing the replacements and the week after that so i still haven't figured that out yet so if you have any suggestions for albums for podcasts covers let us know and we remake them in our own way so until next time have a good week everybody thanks again dan thanks dan Thanks, for having-